That's a big one. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here with Clippy's super fan, Jake Eisenberg. Let's go, mate. They're back. My Bucks. I feel like I feel like Beatty. I have all these teams now that I've been backing for the past three <laughs> They're pulling through. I love it. I, I've checked out. All my teams are gone. So <laughs> I've stopped watching. I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> oh, there, that, that there you're hearing is no team, Matt Beatty. I, uh, is it too late to hop on the Atlanta bandwagon? I I, I think it's I, left the station, hasn't it? I'm I feel, trying, bit, but... I feel like you are by <laughs> default, though, just by being so anti-Bucks. Yeah, I think definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right. Well, let's not muck around. The last game was just on uh, game two in Atlanta v Bucks, and Bucks stomped them after a much much closer game in the first game. They they figured it out. Yeah, the the Bobby Porter's game. <laughs> you Bobby called it, Patey. I called it. <laughs> we all kind of we were like, get Bobby, Bobby Porter's in there. No, I, I, was, I was vehemently against it. He he was look the Bobby the Bobby Porter's magic. It's uh it's like lightning, right? We might <laughs> we we might not see it again the rest of this series here, but when when he has these little stretches where he's making hustle plays, he man, it's funny though. Once he hits one three, you know as soon as he catches every <laughs> pass from like the next couple quarters, that's going up. That's yeah. going straight up, and we saw that today. But the Bucks, man, um, I've kind of this is this is what I've been looking for. Yeah, but, okay, so we've been in our chat on the show, blah, blah, blah. We've been going on about these bucks, how they're the ones. They can they can unlock all this, this uh, what's the word, even even split of chances in the NBA title. They can, they can smash straight through that if they figure it out. We thought they'd be able to figure it out against the Nets. I suppose they did in a way through the Nets just not being healthy enough to keep up. But it looked like today they finally, Bud took off his share everything around hat and he put the ball in the right people's hands. They smashed the rim and they absolutely wiped the floor with Atlanta. If this is what we've got to keep looking forward to now, then we're, we're talking about a very different Bucks team. Maybe maybe this is Giannis' time. Well, I... It, the, the Hawks' D has, is finally having to to do something outside of defending Julius Randle and packing the paint against Joel and B. And for as good as he is, there was not a lot of offense coming from the 76ers outside of that. And Giannis, for as much shit as he copped during that net series, he was still unreal. And we saw him close it out in game six and seven and games one. Again, he was awesome. And, and today he was feasting. Giannis is by far the best player left in the playoffs. Who, well, who's next after that? Paul Kawhi, George. I would probably say Kawhi. He's out. Kawhi's out. Like, is he confirmed, done, well, there's, there's no confirmed, but, like, he's not on the bench. We haven't seen him warming up. There's been no information about him. But Kawhi's obviously second if, or a close, or maybe first if you got a healthy Kawhi. Mm. But I was kind of speaking in a known Kawhi universe. And after those two, it's not really that close. Like as good as Trey Young was in game one, as good as Booker has been and CP3 has been or Paul George, it's it's not close. Yeah, it's and not close. He's he he was in thirty minutes, eleven from eighteen. The only shots he really missed were the from, from three, and those more came in the third quarter when 
He was just it taking was jump over. shot practice yeah. at that point. Beatty, how are you feeling? I know this is tough for you to see the Bucks up 40. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm still I, – I really – after game one of this series, I fully – I was ODing on Atlanta Kool-Aid. Like, I, I really thought that – Trey, obviously Trey had a massive game at lower, like 48 or 49 or something mm-hmm. and, and really picked them apart. And obviously today it's just been a, a different story. Milwaukee's come out and, and been a bit more intense on defense. And I think they've, they they really shut Trey down a little bit and none of the Hawks were able to get going. So it's sort of – it's an interesting sort of a tussle. Like I, I didn't catch most of this game today, so it's, it's hard for me to really – to comment. But from, from some of your little feedback, Jake, it, it sounds as <laughs> if that they – Obviously, Milwaukee switched up, switched it up a little bit, right? Yeah, they honestly, I think that the the Bucks were just caught off guard a little bit in, in game one. I think you can you can see Trey Young on film, and it's it's actually it's really difficult to not underestimate him. The Knicks mm, did yeah. it, the Knicks did it, the Sixers did it, and I think the Bucks did it in game one. And then and then he gets there in game one, and he's just tearing you apart. If you're if you're half a step slow, and if you're not locked in for a second. He's going to be dropping 48 points on your head and throwing alley-oops off the backboard to John Collins and shimmying in your face for one of the most iconic performances in Atlanta Hawks history. <laughs> um, it was. Like they, they no, were, you're right. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. Well, well, I saw it. It was, it was, he's third now behind Wilkins and uh, Pettit, Bob Pettit, who that's you know, well, before my, well before my time. And, and they just won. Trey had 48 points and they just squeaked by and and like looking at the box score, you know, you, you Collins was eleven for sixteen for twenty three points. I just look. I, I don't think the Bucks are forty points better than the Hawks by any means. I still think this this probably gets to six games at least. But now that Drew Holiday is playing as well as he's playing, basically from the fourth quarter in that Nets uh, game seven to now, he's playing at the level where I I was claiming that. The Drew Holiday for Bledsoe trade was the, one of the best moves in the in the league, um, and he was really flying in the face of that for the first two rounds until very recently. But they the the Hawks D man, it's just they they had this lineup out there of what was it? It was Reddish. Will, Reddish played heaps today. Reddish played his first game back in a while. So in that Sixers series, they were able to get away with playing Trey Young and Lou Will at the same time. That should just not be able to happen in the playoffs. And now they, I, I, I went back and watched the second quarter again because that's when it really got blown open. Lou Will, Trey Young, Solomon Hill, Gallo, and John Collins. <laughs> and it was it was a layup. It was a layup party. Yeah, that's party. not a good. It's not a good lineup on D. Is it? No. Yeah. So, I think the Bucks are just the better going to be. The it's just going to they're going to overwhelm them eventually. I think Giannis is going to be way too much for them. Well, like again, this is what we had hoped this whole time. As if. To me, it really this game today has really demonstrated that these Bucks are going to go as far as Bud allows them to go. If he plays these these strategies, picking apart a weakness, stopping the teams like they swarmed Trey Young today. Chris Middleton was plus forty two in twenty eight <laughs> minutes. Like, <clears throat> if they can keep that up, actually aggressively trying to win, then like why can't these Bucks win the title? But if, if they're going to be like what we've seen from the playoffs so far, where they have these games where it's just maddening seeing the type of game they're trying to throw out there, then who knows? Maybe Coach will get in the way. Yeah, look, the thing with Coach Bud is he his in-game adjustment stuff, he's just slow. 
because mm. he, he's so married to his religion of yeah. Trump coverage and stuff. But he has gotten a little bit better. At, it feels like at least in the net series and here from game to game, he's at least able to adjust a little bit. I was shocked to see Brook Lopez in the starting lineup. So he's not that willing to change. Yeah. But it's crazy how from game to game, some of these guys that get played off the four in one game and you come back in the other game and then the advantage of Brook Lopez is being bigger and stronger. And also you hit three threes. If you can get three threes from Brook Lopez, then it's a successful game for for him, right? Um, I yeah, I that my big takeaway from game one was like they had to change that defense because it's just that's if you're going to give Trey that mid range, he's just gonna he's gonna hit floater after floater on you, and it's that's going to be game over. That's why he's had forty eight. So obviously the adjustments are sort of there. We've seen it in other series. I, I think it was a big factor in that game six Utah Clippers where like, I mean, obviously it was the same kind of thing for me. I was getting fucking nightmares watching game one of this series because it, like this is just gritty go bear all over again. Like mm-hmm. they have to, they have to make adjustments. That's why I was sort of very vocal about Portis and, and I don't know. I think it's just being more flexible in, in, in terms of your lineups for, for, for different matchups. So if Bud is, is, I guess I'm putting my, weight in the fact that Milwaukee have kind of been here the last few years now and obviously have fallen short. So it's probably me being a bit pessimistic there rather than giving Bud the, the benefit mm. of the doubt that he's going to make changes. But they're, they're right there now. And, and if they can get through Atlanta, they're, they're every chance of, of winning it. Absolutely. Yeah. I just don't think the Hawks are that good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ultimately, well, yeah, yes. They're yeah. not. <laughs> like yeah. they're a good team. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. We can't just say they're like, oh, yeah. Hawks are shit. But, no. you know, last year to this year, there hasn't been an astronomical sense of improvement. They've gotten a it's, bit better. No, it's, it's, oh, no. There, there definitely has been improvement in the team itself. It's just yeah. more, and this, I mean, I bang this drum all the time with you guys, but it's just the Eastern conferences. I feel like it's kind of, I mean, I had Brooklyn far above everyone else at the start mm. of the year. Obviously, they had their injuries, and, and I think that's probably been the big factor. Yeah, there. wrong. <laughs> I guess, I guess um, what, what I was saying is that if next year all these teams that we thought would dominate the Eastern Conference do come back and dominate the Eastern Conference, then Hawks could be right back to the seventh, sixth seed again. No, see, I don't even think that because, like, who who do you think is primed to dominate? I think I think it's literally Brooklyn, and yeah. then after that, it could be end. The door is open. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, Jake Celtics are kind of thereabouts. I mean, we kind of thought about. Miami, obviously Miami went all the way to the finals last year, but I think that's more kind of what we're saying, where it's it's kind of anyone's up for grabs. If if, if it kind of falls for you, then it's yeah. there. Yeah, it was honestly for Celtics and Heat in COVID, like for the most part, and then some injuries as well. I, I don't see any, like honestly, as a Celtics fan, I, I, I've decided that the Bucks winning the title is the best case scenario because that means they won't fire Bud. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's best case for the Celtics because as good as the as great as it has the Bucks have been, yeah, it's quite obvious that the that a healthy Nets, even just with Kyrie, were were going to win that series. I still don't think that the Bucks are, are if they win the title again, we're going to look back on that team and be like, wow, wow. that yeah. that twenty twenty one Bucks team was just amazing. Yeah. No, they've got they've got flaws. Giannis has flaws as even if he is the best player left in the playoffs. Um, it's just that this Atlanta team. Play went up against a Knicks team that, I mean, talk, talk about turning into a pumpkin. That was the, you could you, we you saw that coming a mile away, and then we don't need to relitigate uh, the Sixers. But and like you know, we, we talk about Ben's transition um, game. Even even that went away where he would get into the lane and then he just kind of 
walk back out because he wouldn't be willing to go to the rim. Giannis is not like that. And Giannis is murdering them in transition. And unless they're able to fix like just that is just too easy. You, if you, you need to build that wall against Giannis, otherwise you've got no chance. And I, I don't know if the Hawks have the have the horses. Yeah, I think you really. Yeah, one. I mean, I, Giannis is one of those few guys in the league that I, I think one on one you just can't you can't guard him one on one. It has to be. I'm not saying you got to throw doubles at him out yeah. of the three point line, yeah. but yes, you have you essentially got to build a wall, right? And obviously, his limitations in, on offense in certain regards sort of maybe makes it a bit easier, but it's more credit to him when he's able to still have success and, and drag that team to wins despite that. You know, it, it's it's funny watching his his kind of move is literally to back it up a little bit, mm-hmm. get it get a little head of spe- ahead of, 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 of steam and then just come at you. And it's sort of like, it's it's just physically overwhelming. Like that's 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 his kind of MO more than anything else. And it's, I, I, I don't really know yeah. in terms of defense what Atlanta can try and do. I agree with you. I don't think they have yeah. anyone that can kind of hang like, with him. Yeah. So I, I, I reckon there'll, there'll probably be another game where Capella has just like a good a good game and they're they're on the same page. But who outside of Capella and Okongu, I think, has been really good for them as well, the rookie. But no DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish has played his first game in what feels like forever. You're going to throw him out against uh, Giannis and these guys. It's just a tough ask. And then it's Kevin Herter, it's John Collins, it's Bogey on one leg, which we haven't even talked about. Like, if he's going to be not full Bogdanovich, then Herder has to do a lot of the heavy lifting offensively. And that's that's a lot to ask for, for, for them. I still see Trey making an adjustment and having another explosion game, and that'll be another win for the Hawks. And that's probably well, it. Like that's the thing. I mean, he had forty-eight, and they snuck one out. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, someone play role plays at home, yada yada yada, things like that. Obviously, I think they're going to get. Well, I think they'll they'll split the games in Atlanta. Would be my be my prediction. Um, but yeah, Trey needs to be like yeah hitting everything I, i'm still hopeful and it's more just now it's not even it's just i'm kind of rooting for them more than anything mm, else yeah. i i i don't i don't know what the adjustment is for trade now like you kind of mentioned that like does, uh, we were talking about it before we started recording jake it's sort of like does this guy now just start shooting more three uh, he hasn't shot well mm. like he's he's percentage he's not been that efficient but it hasn't no. re- hasn't really mattered like it, it's sort of they've still been able to <laughs> to win and, and have success despite that so, yeah, is it just shooting more threes or is it like if they're not going to give him that sort of mid-range, then it's it's going to be an interesting kind of adjustment for him individually and in, in, in how that whole overall team then scores their points. Oh, yeah. There's, there's going to be at minimum one more game where we come out of it being like, what the fuck is Bud doing? <laughs> 100%. Oh, yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I would, not be, I would not be shocked if it goes to gets to seven in uh, Milwaukee, but... Is Atlanta the, a team that you think can win two game sevens on the road? I don't know if that's pretty. That'd be pretty amazing, but um, yeah. So that that's just where I, where I, I don't don't get me wrong. I was a little bit worried after game one of uh, of the Hawks box series, but I'm still yeah. like I, I think it's it's if anything, I'm kind of just more. I'm still hoping that Milwaukee manages to. I think it's going to be more Milwaukee will lose it rather than Atlanta. 100%. Just, wins it off them yeah that's kind of what i was talking about before with maybe bud will get in the way if he doesn't then there should be no problem here you know 
Hawks like aren't this, even really meant to be here at this point. Yeah, this this team got forty piece by Brooklyn. That to me is just like I know this team Atlanta is not Brooklyn, but it's just like oh yes, they're vulnerable. There are areas where you can you can get them. So it's it's just more for Nate McMillan to try and work that out, I suppose. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I I still kind of I know he's kind of been okay. He's been passable, but I still think you got to foul the shit out of Giannis. Like you got to put yeah. him on the line and and hope that he just gets in his head and the whole 10 second thing happens. Like you just got to, that's what, how else are you going to get this guy? Like either that, or you just got to hope that he settles for a bunch of threes and, and bricks all them. Like that, it's one of those. For sure. You, you got to take it to Giannis. They, they, they let Giannis play his game. both games. He was living in the paint in game one as well. And today even more so. And they'll, they'll be ready. They're, they're excited now. They're like, okay, we stole one in Milwaukee. They're going to be like, you know what? You only get one win. doesn't matter if you win by 100 or if you win by one. Still count for one. You go back to Atlanta. Game time. Let's go. Yeah. Like I, Atlanta's going to be ready to go. I have no doubt about it. And McMillan's been good in the playoffs so far. So I have no doubt that there'll be an adjustment and Coach Bud will freak out. Game three is probably a good bet for Atlanta to win. Do, do you think that, again, sort of guarding Giannis, one or like – Obviously, the convention over the years has been to kind of sag off and, and mm. give him some space. But then I feel like giving him some space kind mm. of just plays into him the getting runway. a bit of space at runway. Exactly. So then what? Do you need to then guard up on him and now he's now he's just going to blow by you? It's it's it's, yeah. it's very the, difficult. I really the, don't know. Like, yeah, the problem is who – because I, I just don't see Capella being out of – to do that, yeah. Like on the roster, it, it, like purely talking about athlete body size, it's Capella or Collins, but like neither yeah. of those guys are – you know, necessarily that that good. Congo has so. been pretty good. I don't think he, I don't know if he's ready to do that. I don't know. Very few humans on this planet are. Yeah. So. And and, and I think ultimately your point is about Atlanta and and they've been able to get through the first two series. They've been able to get away with lineups that you're just not mm. going to be able to do against this team. And yeah, whether it's 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 Lou Will or it's Gallinari, like it's. Like obviously you need them from an offensive point of view, but it's it's their defense is just yeah. going to be exploited by this Bucks team. Yeah, but you know I'm I'm I also wanted to go longer, and I and I I would be kind of surprised if the Bucks end up winning this in five. I don't think. Yeah, I, I would I don't be think very surprised. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, then we're agreed on all fronts, fellas. And on that note, <laughs> are we? <laughs> no, I'm still I'm still Atlanta. I'm Atlanta in seven, baby. <laughs> thanks, thanks for pl- thanks for playing t- the diplomat there. Though. <laughs> I'm 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 kind of I can hear both of you though like it could it could go Atlanta in seven it could go I'm just Bucks I, in I'm, six I, I I don't I I'm rooting for Atlanta I don't right. necessarily think Atlanta's going to win but I, I I would like to see a, an Atlanta Phoenix final so mm. I think that would be cool well be then cool. We, we are agreed then look okay, at that, that is, <laughs> Jake, <laughs> Jake's, Jake's Milwaukee's biggest fan what are you talking yeah. about. <laughs> I told you my best case scenario is Milwaukee winning and Bud gets a ten year extension. He's sitting, he's sitting courtside with Mallory Edens. He's, he loves the Bucks. Cream City, baby. Yeah. Well, in any case, let's go west because there's another yes. Eastern uh, Western Conference Finals matchup to decide the winner of uh, to, to decide the uh, playoff challenger of whoever wins the Eastern. To decide the finals participants is what I'm saying. Phoenix, Phoenix Clippies, Phoenix. Yeah. Man, the vibes in those first two games wipe the wipe the floor of the Clippies, and then the Clippies come back and win. 
I don't know about wiping the floor. Both games were incredibly close. Um, <laughs> no, no, if, they were incredibly close. But or what, I'm that that game too, in particular, when Paul George incredible. missed both his free throws at the end. There, like I, in that moment, you could have sold me the dream for Phoenix Suns. You could have put <laughs> the, the ring on Chris Paul's finger there and then. I would have believed well, you. Yeah, man, and and look, I've I've been I've, I've been saying it in the chat when they were up uh, ten or so. In game three, I was like, these Clippers aren't the feeble-minded Clippers that we thought they were. And Josh, you're still not sure. I'm, I'm really not sure. <laughs> and look, do I, do I trust Paul George no. to, to get it done for me? Maybe not. But he doesn't have to now. You've got Terrence Mann, 39 points. He's got Reggie Jackson, who might be the third best player in the playoffs at this Playoff point. Playoff Reggie! Yeah, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, this guy's unreal. He's just... What is it? You don't entertain gladiator walking around Clippers Clippers Nation. Absolutely it is a wonder how, how this guy just like slipped between the cracks, eh? Unbelievable. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a machine. <laughs> it's like the Lakers get Schroeder for however much they're going to have to pay him and Reggie Jackson's on the minimum. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I mean, I think uh, I think we've... we've We've shat on Ty Lue on in the past on this podcast, but not I, me. I, I did. I, I no, yeah, someone did. I think You're I was judging. a little bit, He's and I, I think judging. Josh was as well. Yeah, I think Josh, you were the strongest on this. I want to distance myself from that. But like, <laughs> no, no, I, 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 yeah, I think in the again, it's just one of these things where in the regular season, obviously, I don't know. The Clippers were actually pretty good, all things considered, in the regular they were. season. They were, right? they were good. They just cruised. Like they had, yeah, that, yeah. They had games where like not neither Paul George or Kawhi played, and they still won games. Like it was just, <laughs> it never felt like they were putting in their full effort. And for that reason, coming into the playoffs, you're like, can this team even put in full effort? I've not seen it. But I, I think it was more from a from a Ty Lue, from a coaching mm. perspective. It's just more like okay, obviously the whole rap with him coaching the Cavs and LeBron and winning that championship in sixteen. It's just like, well, is this is this is this just? I mean, we joked about this before. We say, is this just um, Luke Walton getting coasted yeah. by by Steph Curry and 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 the Warriors, and then all of a sudden, you know, not actually being that good, but uh, like the, he's been amazing in this playoffs. Yeah, but like. I think that they were all fair questions to ask. We had a million que- like trust issues with the Clippers after last year and yeah. how many people people chose the Clippers to win the title last year and then they collapsed. Yeah. And then they go down 0-2 against the Mavs and we're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. And and how can you know that Tyloo's going to be this guy until you see it? Because yeah. you've got LeBron James. It's hard, it's hard to separate... One from the other. Yep. So but I think you know, it's totally fair. You know what, though? I think what we have seen this playoffs is that Ty Lu doesn't necessarily come up with the right game plan to begin with. He's just really good at adjusting. He's good at, mm. like, paying attention to what the other team are doing and finding holes in their game. But, like, every game every game one, game two of these series, he's, he's getting his ass handed to him. But, though, those first two games were... And it's same in the Dallas series. Like, they were, like... Yeah, they're close games, games, man. They're not. They're like, not getting to, to make that comparison to what's happening in the East with some of these blowouts. Like, it's not. It's not that. No, no, I, I hear what you mean. I'm saying like th- these game ones, game twos might be tight, but then he comes in game three, mm-hmm. has found the weakness, and then it's not even a game. Like he c- controls it the whole time. I, I just think it's such a it's playoff series basketball is. 
uh, we've talked about this before. It's, mm. it's it's just so different to just mm-hmm. regular season sort of home and away kind of. It's it's different. It's it's playing in a series and being able to to you, you have to win four games and you get multiple looks at these guys and and obviously you the video and stuff that they must do must just be next level and and to be able to then make those adjustments not only game to game but within the games it's 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 a speciality like it's it's definitely something that some coaches are a lot better at than other coaches and it's i think props to tyloo like i think of of all the coaches he's probably his stock has gone up in this playoffs more than anyone yeah for me for sure like i as i said as we were just saying going into this i was 100% in the coach lebron camp Tyloo was there for the ride. Yeah. But like it he doesn't even have Kawhi in this series and yeah. he's still finding good adjustments. So um I'm 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 coming around for sure. He he there's this guy on Twitter, Jackson Frank, uh Sixers writer. He great at teaching me about the game. And the 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 sons between Booker and, and Chris Paul love to live in the mid range, right? Like that's their their bread and butter. And what and what Tyler is really good at making you do is the opposite of what you want to do. Look at what happened with the Jazz. Oh, you want to defend the rim? We're gonna play small ball Five and make you and, and make you come out. Threes, yeah. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna make you try and play left handed. Taiwan high behind your back, and that's what they did against Booker yesterday. He was he was kind of shook with by how little space he had yeah. and how those mid range jumpers weren't there. Granted, Booker was playing with a broken face and the mask for the first game. Um, Although he he reckons I could see fine, I just had a bad game. No, I don't know. Look, that's the correct answer. You don't want to let anyone know if you're hurting. <laughs> but you saw that. You saw his face, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Broke his nose in three places. It, it was crazy because the headbutt. We didn't really talked about game two, but that that was firstly an amazing game. But the Pat Bev headbutt, it looked like he barely touched him, and so yeah, and then he. And then for the rest of the game, his nose just kept, kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Must have, though. Head, even I thought, even Pat Bev's head was uh, – he needed attention on no, his it, head. It was the headbutt. Oh, okay. I thought he got elbowed. No, Booker elbowed Pat Bev at one point oh, on, on the right. drive-by. But those two guys – Pat Bev, man, he's kind of revived his career a little bit here yeah, in this dude, playoffs yeah. as well. I thought I was like, this dude – He's just all for show. There's nothing the, actually the, here. The, the interesting thing with the Clippers, and and you we sort of just touched on it, like yeah, series to series, it's it's. I, I think their roster is like is good. It's yeah. it's actually like like Nick Batum, like what? How Dude, is this guy like good? Like if you're the Charlotte Hornets right now, you are you are so angry at this guy. <laughs> like what the like he has been really good for them. I think the the interesting sort of contrast between yeah playing that sort of small ball against Utah and, and shooting a bunch of threes. And then all of a sudden now we go up against Phoenix and, and DeAndre Ayton has been really good in this playoffs. And mm. I mean, we saw yesterday Zubac just like, it's a Zubac series. This guy was like, really good against him. Like it's, mm. so it's, it's so that sort of, I guess, variety in, 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 in their roster and being able to sort of beat you in different ways is it, it kind of it puts them in good stead to, to maybe win a championship. Like I think that they yeah. doesn't matter what team they come up against, they've got different ways to try and attack you and, and then at the same time stop you. Very, very malleable roster. Like I think having a, a squad where you've got so many guys between that six six to six nine range means you can just trot out a, a plethora of different lineups. 
Yeah, but they're not, and they're not so rigid in this whole switch, switch, switch either, because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they if 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 they come up against a a, a big like Aiden, they can play big, mm-hmm. but at the same time, yeah, if you if they're going to beat you by playing small, they play small. Like I, I, I this whole Reggie thing to me just crazy. It's, it's insane. I can't understand how this like <laughs> props to him. Like I, I'm all, I'm all, I'm here for it, but it's just like good on him. Like wow, who would have thought? Like this I, is insane. I, I think Reggie, he definitely, because when he left the Clippers the first time, it was really messy. I know mm. he wanted like a, a bigger role in the team and he felt he was ready for it and they just shafted him and sent him off to Detroit or whatever it was, wherever he went. Um, and now he's come back and all those guys that he was beefing with, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, they're all gone. So he, it's almost like now's my chance. I can reclaim my Clipper status. And he's come in hot, man. He he wants that. This is my team type thing. I I, I would have, if anything, the moves that they made, made this season. I would have I would have maybe expected this more from Rondo. But like, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's it's like I, I can't believe I'm 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 kind of like coming around on the like on the yeah. Clippers. Like from a likability like from a likability standpoint, more than anything. Like I, I still would prefer Phoenix to to go through. Mm, but like, too. this is probably the most likable a Clippers team could be for me like I, I don't i don't see anything that not to like right like yeah well, what because you go you, you get that that underdog vibe from them now it's like yeah, reggie bit, jackson yeah. cast off uh you lose Kawhi. Kawhi. yeah Kawhi. actually that i the the a couple of years ago that they made that first round when they had sga still yeah. and and they had lou will, lou and will. And that, that was a fun clippers team going yeah, yeah. like that was a fun clippers team but like this team can actually win a championship i don't think that team really yeah. ever had that so it, it's it's yeah it's 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 bizarre like what yeah you know who also has been clutched for the whole playoffs is Canard. He's oh had, yeah in the minutes that he has gotten like he, he has been cooked a little bit on defense oh yeah like, a little bit yeah he's 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 shooting is very important to them yeah and he's playmaking man just, yeah. yeah he can do some i really like him on offensively yeah defensively he he can get cooked at times and this is the thing with the playoffs you got to be quick like it's like the Luke Kennard minutes are either working or they're not working. Yes, and, and then you've got to make your mind up. We're going to yeah, keep running like, with it or no, yeah. he's sitting back down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I imagine, yeah, you're imagining that Donovan Mitchell game one when he oh, just was like, yeah, yeah he turned. There were, and like there were parts of that series where, you know, Joe Ingles was just going at him. And it's yeah. like if Joe Ingles is just singling you out every possession, well, it's like, oh, Jesus, we mm-hmm. might, might not be able to play you. So, but. At the same time, I've, I'm very pro Kennard. I, I, I like mm. the Kennard minutes. I want to watch this guy. Yeah. It, it's fun when he's on the, on the me, court either way. Me too. In, now, in saying all this, yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're hitting these like, oh, Clips could do it, good vibes, all that kind of thing. But this is coming off a win yeah. and it's coming off a game where Paul George played pretty good. But if we were recording immediately after that game too, I feel like we'd be having a very different chat right now. Oh. It's not, not nothing has been cemented. Nothing's been fixed. No, yeah, I don't. I, no. I, I think that this is a very, very close series. I, yeah. I, I don't think that it's, you know, it, it's just more. I mean, you say poor George had twenty seven. He shot nine of twenty six. Yeah, like, that's but he's not that actually, aggressive. That's it. That's yeah, the important yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. That that was the we were chatting about that. Like, there's not all bad shooting nights are created equal. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Like Absolutely. The, the Trey the Young game seven where he was awful shooting, but then he still believes that he's going to win the game in the in the final minutes, and he did. But Paul George, sometimes it's like, oh, man, this guy this guy does not want the ball. He's throwing it out of bounds. And he, he was be- he was a lot better in, in game three. But game two, you, you could see it all over his face. And that's what I'm saying. I, just don't, I don't trust Paul George 
that, but you don't necessarily need, need him yeah. to be that guy. Although, if they were to get through this series and they met Giannis in the next round, they really need Kawhi back. Oh, I think that I don't think they can win the title without Kawhi. I still think that the Suns are going to win this series. Maybe this yeah. is the, the right time mm-hmm. to switch back because, yeah, I still think the Suns are going to win this series. The, the Clippers made their adjustment, and now it's time for. And you talk about like you know people and players that know the game. Chris Paul is going okay. to go watch this film and be like, "All right." And also, yeah, that was his first game back in uh, two weeks, pretty much, yeah. coming off the off COVID, and he was five for nineteen. Like, I've, I haven't seen a bad shooting night from Chris Paul like that all year. I I I love that you brought that up about not all shooting nights are, are created mm-hmm. equal, and I think you you I'll give you props for you made a very fair point in our chat where you you, <laughs> you, you roasted Devin Booker for his first half, and Devin, well, he shot five of twenty one. No, I didn't roast him. I said well, you yeah, would be roasting Tatum. Me. Yeah, yeah, you and, <laughs> and fair. I, yeah, absolutely. I would be. So I, I think that's – I mean, Devin Booker was bad and he needs to not be bad. He needs to be better than that for them to, to, to win. Mm. It was it was tough. But, like, yes, he was he was missing shots. But, again, he was he was still he was still there. He yeah. was – but he, he was, I think he just had a rough game. It was bad shooting. It was bad on defense. You, honestly, yeah, adjust to the broken nose. Like, that's – Got to figure that that part out, and then and as we're, we gave all that credit to Ty Lue, like he's going to go back and watch all that film as well, and now adjust back the other way. But the story of the the Suns for the first round outside of uh, Booker's uh, is DeAndre Ayton, and it's not not yeah. particularly close. Yeah, he he's been awesome. I have a I have a question to ask you guys: Would the Suns, if they could go back to the we're doing a redraft, are we? 2018 draft night, because he's he's been incredible and he's proved that he can play in the playoffs for the next 15 years. He offensively, he, he the, he's able to punish the Clippers, not necessarily throw it down to him on the block, but transition, rebounding, yep. stuff like that. And defensively, he, he was hanging kind of tough with AD. He hung as well as you can with Jokic and... Yep. And and now he's he's dominating against the Clippers as well. Would would they draft Doncic if they had the chance to do it over again? Do you want to go first, Josh, or do you want me to go first? <laughs> you need some time. I because no, I, no, I, I, I don't need time. They would draft Doncic if they could draft Doncic. Like I think anyone in the league would. Are you kidding me? Like it's fucking. Well, like, they, they, well, they didn't. So I, I don't know. Like I, I really don't know. Like if they knew now what they like, if say you took today's GM, picked him up, and time traveled him back to 2018, and he knows what's going to happen. He's taken Luka Doncic. Every every GM in the league would take Luka Doncic. Maybe, uh, maybe I, Atlanta might still swing the trade. Oh, they of course they do. Of course they do. What, what are Ooh. you talking? Atlanta love Trey Young. Like, I, know I don't they think do. they have I know any they regrets do. about that. That trade worked out well for both sides. And there's I mean, a, look at they're in the Eastern Conference Finals right now, and Luca hasn't got out of the first round. There's a there's a difference between regrets. Like I'm sure they don't regret taking Trey Young because he is good. Like they it ended up well. But if they had their time again, you have to take Luka Doncic. I I I don't I don't feel as strongly as that. No. Just two like, weeks I, ago, you were calling him White LeBron. I think Would you he is. I, 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 I love Luca. I love Luca. I love Luca, but it's just—it's more. 
it's this balance in how you want to build your team, mm. right? And I mean, look at the look at the problems that the Mavericks have right now in terms of like how are they going to put a team around this guy? How are they going to put a, the right coach? Like, I mean, we'll probably talk about this in a little bit, but like, mm. I don't want to get too much into it. But like, like I I think that the the trade trade made sense for Atlanta and people they roast got roasted at the time oh, yeah. for it. Yeah, and I mean, look at it now. Like, it's, obviously, they were able to acquire the, the pieces to put around him. That I think they've built what has all the the, the makings of a, a decent team around him. They've got good pieces around him. Whereas, you know, Dallas have kind of had to give up a fair bit to get Luca. I, I, I look, I, I still, if I'm Dallas, I still do that. Obviously, I mean, it's Luca, and I think they've made the right decision. But it, now you you have to then find a way to somehow put the right pieces around him and without with giving up they gave up that pick and 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 whatnot and obviously the other thing with Luca is like he kind of makes you he kind of makes you too good already where you, it's it's hard to still bottom out and get another good draft pick because you're kind of already in the playoffs and you're already like kind of not contending but you're you're already there like almost so it's sort of just like Atlanta were bad for a while still Phoenix have been bad for a long time and it's allowed them to acquire Devin Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton. You know, Dallas have, have not really had that dramatic drop-off where they've been really, really, really bad. Luca kind of uh, raises your floor to the point where it's, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to acquire? You've got to be smart with trades, I suppose. Like, what what are you going to do there? Like, I, Yeah, you're right. I think Dallas have done, a, in retrospect, a poor job supplying him with a team around him to their credit. I don't think they would have realized that he was going to come in rookie season and just be fucking ready to go. Yeah. I don't think anyone <laughs> did. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, more to the point, like that's compared to, to Aiton, right. And if we're doing this redraft, like obviously mm-hmm. Aiton has been a work in progress. I, I was very critical of Aiton for a long time and it's, it's only really been this year where, yeah. And not even just this year, but like in this playoffs in the last mm-hmm. sort of maybe, I don't know, six eight weeks or so like it's 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 you know i don't even remember at the start of the year i was i'd watch this guy and be like this guy looks lost out there like uh, yeah yeah Uh, look i think i think the sun's thing long and hard about it now i think if you were to ask this question before these playoffs it's a no-brainer they're gonna take luca and it's a credit to Aiden, man i i still think that they take Doncic because you look at what chris paul and booker have been able to do together and you just kind of extrapolate that out as yeah. opposed to Chris Paul might be kind of done in a couple of years. And so you've got, got that as, combo. As you just said, Beatty, like Aiton didn't really catch your eye till the past little bit. And that's with his immense partnership in the pick and roll with Chris and Chris Paul. Had Chris Paul never got there, they didn't make the playoffs last year. So like, it, I still don't see what we're talking about. You've got to take Luca. It's an interesting kind <laughs> of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, on paper, the if you had a backcourt of, of Doncic and Booker, like that, that sounds really good, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does sound really. good. But then, good. like at the same time, like I guess the thinking, the rationale at the time, like I think Aiton played in Arizona College, didn't he? Yeah. Like, he, obviously, there's a there's links there, and and maybe they 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 their overall blue sky approach to team building was what we want. We've got a Booker, we've got a backcourt guy. Let's go get a frontcourt guy. So we've now we've got two foundational pieces there where it's not necessarily loading up in the backcourt and all of a sudden now you don't have the front court pieces i mean we, we there's other teams in the league that are like that portland like it's like mm-hmm. how do we you know it's it's no dude yeah. the, the aiden is a guy that is does not grow on trees a guy that can stay on the court in every round mm. and be effective on both ends 
like how, how much have we seen guys getting played off the court this year and every year in the playoffs and he Definitely. can stay on the court and look the level of vibes and yeah it's a vibes thing for sure dude, yeah like if you're a Suns fan you're like ah, I don't know I might just ride the I want to I want to see where Booker Aiton and Chris Paul takes me now yeah and Bridges absolutely even Jay Crowder the whole starting yeah, five Cam I love Johnson, the starting dude. five bro yeah Cam Johnson's awesome so like look you, I personally would 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 switch it for Doncic, but I I totally understand why you would kind of the, the balance you have across this roster now on both ends and the fit is 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 immense. And like now, Aiton's finally clicking it. If he's able to take his offensive game to like a a real level in the next couple of years, then then he becomes a, a really really like powerful piece. What is the question? With the knowledge of what we've seen since that since that that draft night, or yeah, is yeah. it, it yeah, is, yeah. yeah, okay, time machine. I, I mean, I guess, yeah. In that sense, in that case, yeah, I guess, yeah. You have to take Luca. You, you still right? have to do it, yeah. I think. But but like it, I said, I don't think any of these teams, other than the Kings, actually regret their decision. Uh maybe the Magic and the Bulls. Was that the Mo Bamba? Yeah, yeah. Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, instead of taking Sexton, Mikael Bridges. SGA. This draft is stacked, man. It's such yeah. a stacked draft. Uh, Michael I'm, Porter, I'm like, Lonnie we, Walker. We can talk about, oh, you missed this guy, you missed this guy, but True. the real, the real guys. cream of the yeah, crop yeah, yeah. is those top, top three or four. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Top five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the Grizzlies man. still love uh, Jaron Jackson, and, and they wouldn't they wouldn't be taking uh, – you know, that was the year after. Man, well, I wonder what happens if they take Trey Young instead of Jaron Jackson. Um, we could speculate. For oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. I just I think it's it's interesting and it's it speaks to how good Aiden has become in like yeah. literally the past two months because I think yeah. it's a real a real conversation. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and also I so I have one thing. One thing for Suns and Hawks fans, I want them to appreciate this run because <laughs> because as it's all as downhill this, from here. Well, no, it's, it's it's like nothing's guaranteed, and it's so easy to talk yourself. Like, trust me, I did it. Um, uh, Celtics make the conference finals. They go to Game Seven against the Cavs, and I'm like, "We did this without yeah. Gordon Hayward and without Kyrie. Oh my God! Imagine what happens when we get um, DeAndre Hunter back. It's it's not guaranteed. Injuries, whatever it is, like enjoy. Like you should watch the highlights of that Trey Young 48 point game <laughs> over and over and over again. You should watch that tri- Devin Booker triple double game like over and over again because like. It, these are these are when you're a young team. It's like imagine, imagine what's going to happen for the next mm. five years. Yeah, hopefully it all go, goes to plan and everybody gets better. But like, more likely someone will make a big trade and ruin your plans. And yeah, yeah, the Nets come in. Well, yeah, I think it. Yeah, the injuries more than anything. yeah, the Nets. You just like, never know. The Nets became a superpower like overnight. Basically, like it's the landscape in the East is pretty crazy like that I, exactly. i'm i'm optimistic about the, the suns and that they could stay good for a couple of years but chris hopefully. paul though he's gonna be 37 next year yeah yeah and he we, we dodged the chris paul injury in on the shoulder the first yeah. round and they yeah. survived it and then the mayor the gods took him down one more time with covid like that's unbelievable <laughs> but but yeah i just want to say like just just appreciate it because you know you you never know that's words of know. wisdom from a from a budding dynasty to <laughs> still a budding dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> still, yeah, absolutely. Jason Tatum's only 19 years old. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, you know, it's just 
you you get so caught up. You're like, oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna be in the finals for five years in a row. We're the next Warriors, and and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I lo- like I, I love these this Suns team. They've been so much fun. Um, okay, well, just to wrap up, fellas, because there's been a couple of coaching changes around the NBA in the past week. Um, mm. There was a huge bombshell with the Mavs. They've kind of like been tearing their <laughs> the structure of their team down outside of the players themselves, although I'm sure that's to come. Um, and Rick Carlisle's picked up. He's gone back to where it all started as a coach, and he's Indiana Pacers coach for the next season. Uh, replacing Nate Sjogren, Bjorken, Bjorken, yeah, Something. who was not a not a fan favorite or a player favorite. There's some weird means. vibes in Indiana yeah. this year. They, yeah. they said he was a straight up psycho. So, yeah. so I'm sure they'll they. This is one I'm I'm hyping up because I really do think once Carlisle, you know, like when something's so bad and then something really good comes and replaces it, it makes that really good thing seem even better than what it actually is. I feel like Carlisle's going to come in. They're going to be the Hawks of next year. Whoa. Um, addition by subtraction, I think is the phrase. Well, and addition. For. They're subtracting oh. the bad thing and replacing and it with something really good. Fair enough. And Sorry, do you, want, do you want to start with Carlisle then? Yeah, sure. Let's start with Carlisle. Well, like, I think it's goes without saying that the guy knows how to compete. He's not a terrible coach. He's won. He has only won one chip with the Mavericks. Um, despite how long he's been there, but it it was a good one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot more than pretty it's much every coach. It was a good one. Is there ever a bad championship? <laughs> yeah, oh, last you know, year's like, Lakers one. Boring ones. Uh, you anti you LeBron haters at it again. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, he's good. Like hey, he hasn't and, got out of the first round since then. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, but I, the, I agree I, with you. I'm only being. I'm only. Being I, I think this Pacers team fits in like a glove, and it's it, like it had weapons this year, which. Well, either injured or out yeah, or dude. bad coaching. But I, 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 I really, think... I like this Pacers team and mm. I, I think it's, I hope it's a good hire. I'm a, yeah. I love Brogdon. I love Sabonis. Like I mm. think, I think Carlisle's going to have fun coaching those guys. Mm. I think the knock on Carlisle, I've, my knock, one of my knocks on him is he, he hasn't really been good at playing rookies and, and aside mm. from Luca, obviously Luca's the exception, but it's been difficult for young guys to kind of break into that rotation. So I, that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. But at the same time, Indiana are kind of yeah, an established really team. They don't have any. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Karis LeVert was a good pickup. Mm-hmm. So that's hopefully he can get right and, and we'll see what happens there. But like, yeah, it's it's kind of when when the Mavs and, and Carlisle parted ways, you knew that he was going to get picked up again pretty quickly. Immediately. I think it yeah. was like the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Look, there's going to be a. I think the what did the Pacers get in the lottery? Thirteenth or fourteenth or somewhere yeah. in the ten to fourteen range. I guarantee you there'll be there'll be some stories coming out halfway through the season of uh, Pacers fans clamoring for their fourteenth pick to get more playing time. Um, but that's not Who going knows? to be the maybe they'll package that fourteenth pick with Miles Turner and go complete this team. Possibly, but yeah, as a t- as someone who roots for a team that had a lot of 14th picks. That's not a lot of people that have that much value. <laughs> I'm telling you now. But, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I mean, you're going to choose a coach that's, like, won a championship. Yes, he hasn't won a lot, but you know what? Like, barely any coaches have won championships because yeah. they're really hard to win. Yeah. And he's won one. He's been around the block. And this is, like, if you're a Pacers fan, you kind of wanted that after a weird 
a weird season, year, you, a very yeah, weird you, year. Yeah. And and look, they were really they were really solid earlier in the season. Then TJ Warren goes down. They had injuries up and down the roster. Um, I mean, Karis Levert gets traded for, and then does the physical, and then has that mm. thing on his kidney or liver, and saves his life, and he misses most of the season. So, no, I mean they'll they'll be right in the mix for yeah. the for the six to ten seed again, and be a tough out for every every team that plays them every single night because that's the way that they are. Yeah, I mean, great hire. What do you? I get? just think Carlisle has always done really, really well with role players. Like he he gets them in the perfect role, and they they mm. execute for him. And he's going to Indiana, which is a team loaded with good role players. Like I'm just so curious what he's going to do with all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on though, uh, what was the other one? Uh, well, Dallas, right? We got, oh yeah, we got two True. more, three more. Dallas. Has... Dallas hired Jason Kidd oh. as Rick Carlisle's replacement. Um, hey, I don't know what the go fault. is. It's a weird <laughs> hire, yeah. Like, there's not there's not one part of the Jason Kidd hire that I would be excited about if I was a Mavs fan. Not his coaching experience. Outside of he won a championship in Dallas, I guess that's the one thing, right? As a, as a player. As a yeah. player, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Dude, uh, Jason Kidd's entire coaching career to me is is – that time out in Brooklyn where he's like, oh, knock me over because yeah. I'm holding this cup. That That's like the smartest thing he's ever done as a coach. Like, what are we... <laughs> like, I don't want to be too critical because, like, maybe maybe he's, he's learnt from his experiences and he'll turn it around. But he, obviously, he's had a go now at Brooklyn and, and at Milwaukee and, and in both instances, he, he didn't manage to, to sort of, you know, have any success, I suppose. Although... Relative to the expectations, but yeah. Giannis has claimed previously that Jason Kidd was a big factor in unlocking a lot of the things that Giannis does now. Yeah, it's because Giannis is the nicest man alive. He, <laughs> he keeps listening to his biggest flaw is that he keeps listening to, to his coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I, I mean, I, it's interesting though because, the, yeah, the wider point there is that I feel like for the most part, the, the consensus around kid from players is, is relatively positive. Like it's, mm. I mean, the guy yeah. does keep getting hired. He'd been a Lakers assistant for the last couple of years. Dame, LeBron tweeted Dame, his support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dame name cool. dropped him when they were like, who do you want coaching yeah. next season? Yeah. And these teams are like, uh, the domestic abuse thing. I'm kind of cool on that hiring mm. someone like this. And he's like, he's not been good. So, and to not, to not interview anyone else just to be like, okay, Jay kid, that's our guy. Yeah. Thanks, Haral Bob, for another great. Uh, that's suggestion. just that's just Mark Cuban being like, oh, oh I know, but- I know, J Kid, he's going to be the yeah, guy. Yeah, surely that's more of a Cuban thing, I think, yeah. right? Like, hundred percent. Who knows? But honestly, as someone who's going to get Luca onto the Celtics, it's a great, <laughs> great move. Going to get Bud to stay in Milwaukee, Luca out of <laughs> Dallas. It's all coming together. We're playing chess while everyone else Mate, is playing checkers. Brad, Brad Stevens is out here yeah. making making moves that nobody right. can't even in, comprehend this yet. Yeah, yeah. Team USA recruiting trip for Tatum. It's all coming together. Speaking of which, should we, we talk about Celtics? Yeah, exactly. the best yeah. hire of, of them all. Go obviously. On. Apologies if I get this wrong. Uh, Ime Udoku Udoka. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure I get that right. Um, played for the Spurs for a bunch of years. He was uh, like he kind of bounced around. He was a, like undrafted and played for the Spurs. Played for the Lakers for a little bit. 
Um, I think he was around Shaq and Kobe. Uh, played one year internationally in Spain when he when he uh, retired. I mean, after he left the NBA, and then came straight back to the Spurs bench for seven years. And then he was in a few head coaching kind of interviews. After that, didn't get anything. People thought he was going to be hired. Then spends a year in Philly with Brett Brown and, ironically, Al Horford, who's now back on the Celtics. And then last year with the Nets. So. Honestly, everything I've heard about this guy is awesome. Every player loves him. Pop absolutely loves him. He was the guy that would um, put like have chats with the players when when Pop wasn't getting through to guys. And so that's been the biggest question about Brad Stevens this last year or two has been, is he connecting with the players, especially Jalen and Jason? And I know Jalen's been really pushing for um, a black coach to be the next coach and they got the seal of approval from Tatum, from Jalen, and Marcus apparently is part of the, the they called it the Celtics Axis group. Power, I don't know. He's got to be. He's got to be. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. I, which is good news. Sounds like they might be keeping Marcus. But yeah, he's defensive minded, like super well respected. He's super attractive. He's made married to Nia Long. So you bring back Al Horford. You bring back bring in Ime. The Celtics got hotter and tougher. Dude, you know me. <laughs> You know me, I'm a huge Al Horford fan and I'm a huge yeah. fan of any coach which gets Pop's seal of approval. Yeah. So I'm all and, in. Yeah, and Brad Stevens has been talking about the 2014 Spurs since he got to the NBA. And so I guess it's not super surprising that um, he brought in someone like that. And quick tidbit, um, shouts to John Carras for showing me this on Twitter, but um, he may play for the Nigerian international team and got in a, into a brawl with um, Team Algeria and was just like gladiator killing people. So um, you oh, go yeah, from we, Brad... We love, we love yeah. a international team brawl on backdoor cut. Oh, damn right. <laughs> and so you go from Brad Stevens, the Virgin Mary, who is the president, <laughs> but a little bit of a different vibe. And I think it's, it's going to be really good for the Celtics. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I, I can't... I've got no way to bully this guy for his personality <laughs> yeah, or anything. I just, yeah. I, he's going to be the next one. Yeah. And according to Jay Williams, it's our first ever black <laughs> Mate, what a horror gaff oh that. Oh, God. Mate, you honestly couldn't have picked a worse team. Like, <laughs> yeah, you really couldn't have. Yeah. What about that title we won in 2008? Literally, yeah, literally <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Step one this- in converting the Celtics to be one of Beatty's teams. Yeah, baby. Yeah. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah, 100% absolutely. it's happening. I'll put my life on it. <laughs> it's, a, it's that full circle. You can only hate so much before it comes around and you love them again. It's true. We have with the Suns, <laughs> kind of. And now, well, and now you, you love the Sixers for so long. And now <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's it's the, I've got to change my, my Atlantic division team. Maybe, <laughs> this is, maybe this is what happened. Maybe this is it. Who would have thought? I, yeah. Yin and Yang. I can't wait. I I mean I love yeah, more than anything, give me give me those Spurs assistance. Give me those yeah. Spurs assistance, yeah. Give yeah, the Spurs coaching tree, you can't, can't And move. mate, Spurs yeah. assistant, Al Horford, what a fucking match made in heaven. And he just spent the entire year with the Brooklyn Nets, the oh, yeah. E superpower. Talk about getting intel <laughs> out of that. And then the Sixers a year before that. So I mean like Jake, settle down. You're gonna talk yourself into a championship <laughs> bet here. How many, how many wins next season? Oh, I've, already been, I've already been trying to figure out what the over under is going to be. Because yeah. oh I nailed the under this year. So, 
Yeah, no, I'm, I, I love it. Celtics Twitter's loving it. So it's all coming. The vibes are back. Vibes are back, baby. And then well, we, we just had breaking news the last hour. Chauncey Billups looks like he's hired as the Trailblazers coach. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Live recording. How's that? Yep. yep. I've just got the Woj tweet 20 minutes ago. So Billups at the Trailblazers. Very interesting. Mr. Big Shot himself. Mm. Yeah. So that was probably the other top candidate for the Celtics. So, um, but I said, and so we'll, we'll never know if like that was their top choice and they moved quickly because they didn't want like someone else to snag, like mm. end up with your third choice. But um, sounds like the Blazers and Billups were kind of green lit from the beginning here. Which means Terry Stutz will be looking for a job. Yeah. Becky Hammond's still looking as well, yeah. which I know we're all massive fans of. I would honestly just, I would rather, and I who, the, who cares what I want, but <laughs> pop, Retire in a year or two. I know. Becky I know. Hammond take over. That makes the most sense because it seems like everybody's so hesitant to be the first team to hire yeah. um, a woman coach. Put and Becky in charge, make Tim Duncan her assistant. Where you go. Yeah. He must be getting close, man. Like, I don't know. I, I yeah, I actually think it will be soon. I, I, a lot of the stuff was speculating that he was going to hang on to this Olympics and then after yeah. that, we'll see. And maybe, maybe that'll be, mm. maybe that'll yeah. be it. He very much strikes me as the kind of guy that'll let you know the day of. He's not going to give you a, yeah, yeah. this year will be my last. He's yeah, going to be like, that year too. was my last. I'm done. Yeah, it's very, there's no, yeah, there's no Kobe farewell tour here. This is, no, yeah. this is, this is the more of the Ginobili, Duncan, Parker, well, yeah. or maybe not guess. so much Tony Parker, but the other yeah. two are just drifting Although, into the sunset. I do get a feeling that Pop's trying to like really make a core from this team. And then once he feels like they're ready to play in the playoffs, then he'll step aside and let someone else take over. I mean, you also kind of wonder though, like, you know, his wife passed away. It's like, what is he going to do after he stops coaching? Mm. Oh yeah. But you know, everyone's got to stop sooner or later. Maybe he'll move into the front office with um, RC Buford. Yeah, uh, he's not. No, nah, that's not Pop. I think if, kinda... I'm, if I'm not wrong, Pop started in the front office. Yeah, he did. And he, yeah, he, he, did. he put yeah. himself as coach. Yeah. Oh shit! I did not realize how old Pop was. He's seventy-two. <laughs> I, to be honest, though, like I, I kind of, yeah. in a way, agree with you, Jake. Like maybe at this point, you, as long as you physically are able to do, it, yeah. to do the travel and be on the road for half a year or whatever it is, and yeah, why not keep going? Yeah, if you still got it. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, seventy-two. That's that's old. So. <laughs> That's old. That's, that's, old. that's, that's like, if I'm, please don't let me be working at 72. Yeah. No Unless I'm coaching the Celtics. Then, yeah, yeah. Then I'll die there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll have to pull the clipboard away from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> Which maybe that's what happens to Pop. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, on, on that note. <laughs> oh, you've been tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo. Here, as always, with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. Uh, until next week, we'll be previewing, hopefully, the finals. But mm. I guess we'll see. Maybe it'll be the wrap-up of the conference finals. But until then, peace. Peace.